0: You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Pornography. How does it affect young hearts and minds? And is there anything we can do to protect our children, prepare them for the world that they face, this very connected world in which we live in? You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, and their great support of this program. Find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Look for Concordia University, Wisconsin, in the sponsor section. Joining me by phone today, Kristen Jensen. She's founder of Protect Young Minds and author of Good Pictures, Bad Pictures and Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Jr. Kristen, welcome to Faith and Family.
1: Hi, Andy. It's great to be here with you.
0: A pleasure to have some time to talk with you today about your work, uh, Protect Young Minds. Tell me a little bit about this organization that you founded, why you started Protect Young Minds.
1: Well, we realized that parents are really challenged today with the internet and the accessibility of inappropriate material for children on the internet, but yet children have so much access to it. And so we realized that parents need some, some good advice, some support, some encouragement. We don't want any parent to feel like they're facing this problem alone. So we want to help them arm their children against pornography and prepare them to reject it. And so we have protectyoungminds.org. We have a blog, a weekly blog that keeps parents informed and up-to-date, gives lots of helpful tips. We often answer readers' questions. We get experts to write in and, and answer questions. We have a quick start guide for parents that are just starting to want to understand this problem and how to face it. We have a smart parents guide, which is helpful for parents to prepare when their children may have already seen pornography. And um, then we have an ambassador kit that helps people that want to really go out there and educate their community. So we have all kinds of downloadable guides on our website and just a lot of Encouragement and great information for parents to deal with this specific topic of pornography.
0: You described this as a problem that, that parents face and you know, helping them understand the problem. What is the problem? What are the dangers for children being exposed to pornography?
1: Children, first of all, they have so much access to it even at the age of three or four or five. And when they see some of the hardcore pornography that's so easily accessible on the Internet, it really upsets them. It it teaches them the wrong view of sexuality. We don't want them to see it as a violent um, activity, as something that is harmful or we, we want them to to know the real purpose of sex, which is to to show love to someone you trust and are committed to and to to raise a family. So pornography definitely tells children the wrong narrative of about about the purpose of of sex. It can also be very addicting. So children will begin because they're curious, right, about seeing this kind of activity and they may become addicted to using it. It may also lead them to perpetrate on other children. We know that children are very imitative, and they are wired to imitate what they see adults do. And so when they're watching pornography, they begin to act out on other children, and the incidence of child-on-child abuse and um child-on-child child, you know, sexual abuse has really skyrocketed and is going up and up and up and we're seeing a lot of people trying to deal with this. So it's not just addiction it, uh, and it's not just you know, children getting the totally wrong, horrible, negative viewpoint of sex, but it's also children then becoming um, involved in perpetrating themselves on other children. So there are many dangers to allowing children to view pornography. There are many, uh, you know, and as a society, we've kind of done that. And so it's really up to parents to educate their children and empower them against pornography.
0: I think language and the the terms we use is significant, and we 'll get more into that into conversations and and the the language and terms you use in the, the books that you 've written as well but let's let 's start with what is a definition of pornography today what how do we, How do we define pornography
1: well that 's always a challenge, <laughs> but for children, we want to keep it simple right We want to start where they 're at something very age appropriate and so in our books in my books i really just want to say it's about naked people right it's about it's pictures of people with no clothes on pictures that focus on the private parts of the body Mm -hmm. and so we start there as they get older and we teach them about sex and and then you know we can add in and layer those definitions, so that then it becomes pornography is designed to sexually arouse the viewer, and and to we could you know talk more about you know how it how it's designed for that. Young children are very you know we don't need to teach them all kinds of. Uh, information about it all the different types of it we don't need to get into that we just need to give them a simple definition so that they'll recognize it when they see it and I have lots of stories of parents saying oh they pointed out a magazine cover or they pointed out a sign in the mall and yes that's pornographic to children they recognize that that's a real sexualized picture and so You start with something very basic as they grow, as they mature, and as they get more information about sex, then you will layer those conversations and add and kind of add into that definition.
0: How do you begin those conversations?
1: (laughs) Well, that really is challenging. That's really hard for really difficult for parents because. They want to maintain their child's innocence. They don't want to rob their children of of their innocence, however, a child that's prepared and armed against pornography is going to be a much safer and healthier child. So, how do we begin those conversations? Well, to be honest, that's why I wrote Good Pictures, Bad Pictures and the junior version because it is so difficult to begin those conversations. Um, and we wanted to give parents a script. Now, you can always add to the script. you can take away from the script, but here's the basic script of teaching the children. number one, what is pornography, and how does it make you feel? Number two, what are the dangers involved in pornography, especially when you think about addiction. and number number three, um, how do you then reject it? What are the steps to rejecting pornography? So those are the three things. So I would say you could begin a conversation with a child. You could do it in a very um, spontaneous way if you see something or if something comes up on the the tv or a movie or a billboard or a magazine cover whatever you could begin that way or You can start like we do in the book, which is you show them good pictures. You say, hey, these are good pictures, but you know what? There are bad pictures out there, too, and they're called pornography, and this is a basic definition of what they are so that you can recognize them. So we really did write the books to help because it's so natural to read a book to a child that this is a very natural way to help uh, parents. You know begin that conversation but you can also you know do it without that you can do it just like I said spontaneously and with the bit there are many prompts out in the world that you can use to begin that conversation I would just add one more thing Mm -hmm. uh, Andy and that is it's it may seem hard at the beginning but once you begin the conversation it gets easier and easier
0: describe the The language in the books, good pictures, bad pictures, and good pictures, bad pictures, junior. uh, The language or the terms that you use to communicate with children about pornography.
1: Well, in the first book that we wrote, uh, I I wrote with uh, my co-author, Dr. Gail Pointer. The terms, we kept it very simple. We do talk about addiction, but we never use the word "sex" because we we wanted parents to feel comfortable reading this book to a child even before they've had the talk, you know, the birds and the bees. We use language such as, um, for example, we talk about the different parts of the brain that are involved in addiction, and there we we know that. Our brains have a limbic system, but we call it the feeling brain, and we, we know that we have a prefrontal cortex, but we call that the thinking brain. So, we make it very, very simple for children to understand how their brain is affected by viewing pornography and how viewing pornography can indeed become an addiction. Um. We also talk about the attraction center and how this is a big part of the brain that that uh, is affected by pornography. But again, we never really talk about sex and um, we just kind of talk about how uh, the attraction center is what brings moms and dads together. So it's very appropriate for children and um, we try to keep it very age- and so far- I think we I think we hit a home run really when you look at the reviews on Amazon we've got over 450 five star reviews and it's very comfortable for parents to to engage in a conversation uh, with with the verbiage that we've used in in our books in Junior we don't talk so much about the addiction we just want to teach children that there are good pictures but they're also bad pictures and um, we talk about, again, we give a very simple definition and we have prompts for discussion so that parents can, you know, uh, have great little discussions with their children. We talk about the importance of keeping private parts private and then we give kids a very simple plan called the turn, run and tell plan to help children know exactly how to respond to pornography. In our original book we have the Can Do Plan, which again helps children know exactly what to do when they see pornography.
0: You've mentioned a couple of times that uh, you want parents to be comfortable when reading this book or bringing up the the subject with their children. Is it important for parents to be comfortable and how they communicate? You know, We were talking about the language or the terms that you use in the book. When parents communicate with their children about pornography, is both verbal and nonverbal communication important? Like if a parent is extremely uncomfortable with the subject, and that's obvious, is that significant in uh, the conversations they're having with their children regarding pornography?
1: Well, I think that the main thing is to start talking. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether you're, you're shaking, <laughs> <laughs> ideally it would be great if you're just totally comfortable and relaxed, you know, and totally on top of it. But a lot of us aren't going to be that way. I think it's more important to start talking and maybe even acknowledge, say, I need to talk to you about something that's kind of difficult. And, and it kind of makes me a little nervous. But it's so important that i'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about it anyway, even though um, it may feel make me feel a little uncomfortable. I mean, you can acknowledge that. kids I think are very um, they respond well when you're honest with them, at least my kids did. So I think that you can, I think the most important thing is that you just start. You will initially feel some discomfort. I think that's absolutely normal. And even experts in the field, therapists, they also tell me that they felt uncomfortable and that my books were very helpful to them. But let me just give you one more tip. Before you start talking with your, par- with your children, as a parent, start talking to either your spouse or a friend or another family member and just get comfortable talking about the subject. The more you talk about it, the more comfortable you will become. And as you become more comfortable, the stress level in your brain, everything will come down and normalize. And then when you go to talk to your children, you can feel much more calm and, and comfortable. So those those are my tips. One, A, don't worry about if you're nervous that's normal. It's better just to start the conversation and to reduce your nervousness, practice beforehand with someone else.
0: Useful and practical tips. Where did, tell me the story of where the idea for the books began. Tell me about when you started thinking about these and where the, the ideas came from for your books.
1: All right. Well, Andy, you know, you might not believe this, but when I was a little child growing up, I never thought I was going to write a book about pornography for children. So (laughs) um, this happened when I met a woman, a mother of a large family. She went to my church and she called me up one night and told me this tragic story about her 17-year-old son who they found out had been sexually abusing his younger siblings. Uh, all the way down to the four-year-old, and so he had to be removed from the house. And turns out he had quite an involvement with pornography. So I woke up the next morning after hearing this horrible situation that she was in because he had to leave. He had to go into you know some program. He had to be prosecuted. The whole the kids all had to be going to counseling, and it was just horrible. And I woke up the next morning and I just felt this compelling question, you know, about how are we going to warn young children? How how are young children that are now getting access to this material, how are parents going to warn them? So I thought, well, there's got to be a book about it. So I went online and I started looking. I couldn't find anything. And I don't know about you, Andy, but if you ever had like a great idea and you're like, oh, yeah, this will be great, you know, and you go online and you find out that, you know, 20 other people have already done it. Well, that's what I was expecting. I thought there's books on stranger danger. There's books on good touch, bad touch. I'm sure there's a book for children about pornography, but, the, but I couldn't find any. So I just felt compelled to begin writing that book. And that's how it, that's how it started and I feel like there was quite a bit of inspiration involved as well
0: and how did you how did you come up with the scenarios that you, you you've chosen in the book I'm sure that took some time to to think through those scenarios and uh, think through parents having a conversation oh, with their children a, yes. about pornography
1: yeah it took three years to mm-hmm. write this and to publish it it was We, we, uh, I drafted many, many, many drafts and we tested it on parents. They would come back and they'd say, well, this was a little long, or this was a little confusing, or this word didn't quite work. And so then we rewrite it, rewrite it, rewrite it. And this idea of, of the mother sitting with the son and just kind of starting by looking, this is how we start in the book the original book, is she's sitting on a couch with her son and they're looking through a photo album. And they're they're just reliving all the positive memories that those pictures evoke. And then she says, um, you know, our photo album is full of good pictures that remind us of how important our family and friends are, but did you know there are bad pictures too? And so she just opens that conversation. And I have to say I... That just seemed like a little bit of inspiration. I don't know where that came from other than um, heaven because it, uh, that, that, and that really helped me to open up the whole book and how it would go. But there was a lot of work. As I said, testing. There was a whole chapter I completely took out and reorganized until it flowed. So the ideas just flowed and the organization flowed and, um, and it works.
0: Let's say you begin the conversation with your child using one of the books, uh, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures or Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior. You begin the conversation and in the course of the conversation, your child expresses that he or she has, has seen pornography before. Mm-hmm. How, how do you respond to that and how significant is your response to that? in the 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 process of, of healing and um, of moving forward?
1: Very, very important. It's very important not to shame the child. In fact, in the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior, we have a page dedicated to that. We say sometimes kids see bad pictures by accident, but even if you see a bad picture, That doesn't make you a bad kid. We have to realize that porn is the enemy, not our children. Even if they've gone looking for it, even if they're curious and they follow that curiosity, kids make mistakes. We make mistakes and we can't freak out about it. So remain calm because this does happen actually quite often where a parent will begin reading the book, thinking that their child hasn't seen anything and then they will find out that yes in fact they have and i heard from one mother who whose children had been shown pornography by a neighbor on her little smartphone and when she when the kids got back in the car the mother said hey what were you what was she showing you on her phone and they lied and they said oh it was just a little a my little pony video but when later on, a few months later, she wrote, uh, she read the book to them. That's when they fessed up and said, we've already seen it. And it wasn't my little pony that she was showing us. It was pornography. Now we know what it is. When you read, when you open up this conversation with your children, you are giving them permission to talk with you. And that's huge. Second, you're giving them the vocabulary to use. So those are both very important um, things to do with your children. So remain calm. We have this smart guide on our website, protectyourminds.org, that you can get that really give you a lot of great information about questions you, sh- you should ask your child, you know, how to follow up with this, and again, remain calm. And don't shame the child, but just little by little find out more information. Don't try to find it out all at once because you'll overwhelm your child. You'll freak them out. But just little by little, find out what they've seen, where they've seen it, and you know who, you know what sites they've gone to. This kind of thing. But again, building a a relationship of trust is really going to help you because when a child first tells you something often it's just the tip of the iceberg there may be more and if you don't freak out if you remain calm they'll tell you more and more and more hopefully there's not too much to tell you but if there is as they trust you they will then give you more information and i think this is such a beautiful gift to give a child because it's such a burden to to see pornography, to not know what, it's, what it is, to have this secret, you know, between you and your child, that's not good. And so it, it's really great to open up this conversation because kids are going to see it. They're going to be exposed and they need your help. They need a parent's help to coach them and mentor them um, and help them know, why they should reject it, and how to reject it.
0: Kristen, we have just about a minute left. Tell us a little bit more about your organization and where to find the books, uh, Protect Young Minds.
1: So protectyoungminds.org. You can find the books on, we have a books page. You can find the books. It's been uh, translated into Spanish and German. Um, And again, we're there to help Parents, we hope to hear from them. We love getting their questions. It often inspires our blog posts. Um, You can uh, get help there. You can feel like you're not alone. You can uh, get all kinds of expert advice, and the blogs that we write are are very well researched and give just the very best advice and information for parents that we know of. So we would love to invite people to, your listeners, to subscribe to Protect Your Minds, download the free guides, and, and get started. You, this, this is something that will be so positive for your family and can affect it for generations to come.
0: Kristen Jensen, founder of Protect Young Minds and author of Good Pictures, Bad Pictures and Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior. Kristen, thanks so much for being my guest today on Faith and Family.
1: Thank you, Andy. It's it's really been a pleasure to chat with you.